Did you hear Hillbilly Horror Stories is doing an episode all about UFOs and aliens? They'll probably stop in two weeks. You're probably right. You are listening to HHS UF Only, a Hillbilly Horror Stories bonus episode. Hey guys, welcome to the very first edition of HHS UF Only. Like that name. Well, Tracy, what I want to do with this episode is to discuss smaller, mostly unknown stories involving UFOs. That's the way going forward. I think the bigger stories will still probably end up on the main show as we come up with some of those like we have in the past. But I really enjoyed the smaller ones, that, and I thought that we probably neglected our UFO fans out there mm-hmm. for the longest time, four and a half years or so. Okay. And to be honest with you, we did the um, the the main episode on Close Encounters where we did, I think it was three or four shorter stories, and I kind of liked that. Mm-hmm. Now, those stories I actually got into, which most of the bigger ones, for some reason, I don't. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah. So I like those. I guess short to the point. No, no, no. So I kind of liked it, and I thought that we should give our UFO fans their own episode, and we'll do one every week, and won't be as long as the other ones because the intention is to keep this short and just to the point. Okay, sounds good, babe. All right, so so UFO it up. <laughs> so for our first episode, I want to cover three separate sightings, but they're all in 1952, and they happened. In three different parts of the world, three straight days in a row. Oh, that's weird. Very right. weird. Okay. So they may not be related, but I kind of think they are. Mm-hmm. And you'll see why as we get into it. So the first sighting was at 11 a.m. September 19, 1952 in Yorkshire, England. A British Meteor Fighter Jet. That's the name of a Meteor Fighter Jet. It was on its final approach to land at Topcliffe Airfield. So there was a bunch of English airmen that were on the ground watching as this jet was approaching, right? Mm -hmm. One of those was Lieutenant John Kilburn. Now, as the jet kind of started getting closer, the men noticed that there was a silvery disc-shaped object that seemed to be following the plane as it was attempting to land. So the jet started flying in its uh, what they called a holding pattern, which basically was this big, you know, wide circle around the airfield. So it was doing that, and the object was just kind of hovering over the airfield at the time, this big silver sphere, so to speak. So the airmen on the ground started walking towards this disc. They wanted to see what's going on. Lieutenant Kilbin and the rest of the crew looked on in amazement as the craft then went from hovering to what they estimate to be a thousand miles per hour in an instant. They said it made a really quick in-flight correction and quickly disappeared over the horizon. So it went from being sitting there to just zip gone That's incredible. in an instant. So the next day, September 20th, the USS Franklin D. Roosevelt, which was an aircraft carrier, was actually doing some military exercises out in the Atlantic Ocean. A crew on board noticed that there was a silver disc flying about. Mm -hmm. 
the disc flew right over top of this huge ship. If you ever seen an aircraft carrier, oh, they're huge. They're yeah. huge. So this, mm-hmm. they were able to kind of judge the size of it. Just by coincidence, this day, there was a member of the press on board, and he had a camera with him, so he was able to snap a picture. This gentleman was a reporter by the name of Wallace Litwin. L-I-T-W-I-N. What a good day for him. Litwin. Yes. So now we've got a picture and several eyewitnesses that see this thing. So the picture was developed, and it was studied by experts. When they couldn't decide what exactly it was, these experts, it was then turned over to the experts at Project Blue Book. Now, are you familiar with Project Blue Book is? No. It was, uh, the, the U.S. Air Force had a, uh, I guess we'll say a department that did nothing but look into UFOs. And I think this started right around the late 40s, like maybe 47, 48. I, I could be wrong on the date, but it started sometime in that area. And this was 52, so it wasn't too far after. But their whole purpose was to look into UFO sightings. Oh, dang. So, and now they got other stuff going on. But yeah. Project Blue Book was the big thing. It was also a pretty good TV show back in the day. Back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, I would say. But they, I'll never forget it. I always come on as Ezekiel saw the wheel. And it would show all that stuff at the beginning. But it yeah, was I don't bas- remember that. It was basically just these two guys that would go around. Kind of like... Um, uh, what's the one with uh, Scully and mm-hmm. all that? But it was kind of like that, except they were just going around in their Air Force uniforms looking at UFO stuff. Yeah. So anyway, they brought it back here about a year, year and a half ago. They tried to do some new versions of it, but I don't guess it really took off. But anyway, Project Blue Book, that's what they did. And uh, so these experts, they couldn't figure out what it was. They turned it over to Project Blue Book. And guess what? People at Project Blue Book, they're experts. They couldn't figure out what it was either. So they put it in their file of unidentified cases. It was never fully investigated, and no conclusion as to what it was was ever revealed. That's just what's the end of it. That's, well, as we've seen, that's yeah. what the government does. They might they might have kept searching it, but as far as what they told anybody else, it wouldn't. All right, so now we're going to go to the next day. In the North Sea... There were six British pilots. They were flying a a tight formation, and they were making their way back to their main fleet, okay? Mm -hmm. The pilots were just, like I said, flying in this formation, and they witnessed a shining sphere or disc rocket past their squadron. They turn and start giving chase, but the UFO easily outdistanced them and just disappeared. I mean, it was like they couldn't even begin To to keep up with it. So the planes gave up their chase, and they started heading back to the base. And as they got close to the base, one of the pilots caught sight of this UFO again. It was actually trailing the squadron at this time, but it was from a safe distance. So, so they didn't if, really know it till. Yeah, so it was like they were this this object was kind of spying on them, so to speak. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. they're keeping tabs on where this, these planes are going. So without warning, the one pilot who actually saw it took off after it, and they said it was basically going at, a, at an unsafe speed for what the plane was really capable of doing. But he's in pursuit of this UFO. And just like the first time, though, the jet was left quickly behind. Zip. Gone. So this concluded the three straight days of a craft being seen in different parts of the world. 
it's kind of on the same side of the world, but well, still, still. still different parts. It wouldn't be the exact same place. So I think because the descriptions were the same on every one of them, it had to be the same Same crap. thing, yeah. Right. So this would not be, though, the last time that this object would be seen in the coming weeks. Several days after the, the British exercises there concluded, sightings of this or at least something that looked very similar were spotted several times across Europe. Most of them were in southern Denmark, sections of West Germany, and southern Sweden. The outbreak was so intense that experts from the United States Air Force, from Project Blue Book, from the U.S. Naval and Air Force Intelligence, the British Air Ministry, and many experts from NATO countries were all brought in to figure out what was going on here. All these reports from September of 1952 remain unsolved today, and the crafts of what all these sightings still remain unidentified. That's incredible. So. Wow. That's, I mean, I just wonder how fast that thing really was. Well, I mean, they're used to seeing, and it would be hard to look on land and say something went a thousand miles per hour, but these fighter jets, I mean, they go, you know, two, three, four hundred miles per hour, I think, mm-hmm. and if they this thing was out running it, how exciting is that, though? That would be very exciting. Oh, my gosh, to be chasing that thing. Wouldn't be exciting if you ran out of gas, but... <laughs> you're like, well, put, 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 oh. And, and again, I want to point out, much like the episodes that we did on the Close Encounters episode a couple weeks ago, these were all military personnel. Yeah. In every one of these. Yeah. You know, they're not idiots. They know what they're looking at. And when you got something as big as this ship that's hovering over top of an airfield or hovering over top of, you know, an aircraft carrier. I mean, think about this. Just just picture this in your mind. You're standing on this giant aircraft carrier and you're looking up at this thing that's hovering over top of you. There's no mistaking. Well, yeah, what that is. There what can't that be. Is. No. You, got, you have a good, I don't care how tall in the, or how high in the sky it is. You have a good look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the airfield, probably the same way. I'm sure they had people with binoculars and everything else looking at this thing. Yeah. And then we won't even talk about, like I said, the, the fighters and, the, you know, the, the squadron and the jets. I mean, they're up there right with it to where they're seeing it to where they're following it. They all see what this thing is. Mm-hmm. It's not something they'd ever seen before. Yeah. So to just act like for years and years that none of this stuff existed is just completely baffling. <laughs> so. Exciting, though. We all be George Jetson it around here before you know it. <laughs> anyway, guys, that was our very first episode, This is which we got to look forward to every week. Yeah. So thank you. We appreciate it, and uh, we hope you enjoyed. Thank you.